Welcome to Tag Talks Happy Hour with Ajit Kara. One part small talk, all parts real talk. This is the part of the day when Ajit gets to know the people behind the job titles at Tag. Hello, my name is Ajit Kara and I'm the CEO of Tag Americas. Welcome to my happy hour. I decided to do this happy hour because I think many of my folks have heard me say that I believe Tag is the best place in the world to be because of its people. They are our biggest asset. And I wanted to do a series of podcasts to really get underneath what makes these folks tick, what's behind the person, and generally just have some time with them. So I'm very much looking forward to doing that. As always, this podcast is produced by Kaylee Stansfield. Hi, Kaylee. How are you? I'm well, Ajit. How are you? I'm pretty good, thank you. Pretty good. Today, we're delighted to be joined by Linny Plankar, our localization director. Linny, welcome. Cheers. Good to see you again. Uh, you chose the red wine today. I have the red wine today as well. I did. I'm a red wine drinker. Is it nice? It's great. And did I butcher your name? I think I may have. No. So when I got married, I was deciding if I wanted to keep my maiden name, which is Strother, yeah. or take Palancar, which is actually a full backstory of my name. But I specifically wanted to do Linny Strother Palancar professionally because LSP is industry shorthand. Uh-huh. For language service provider. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. So I thought it was great so for cool. my own professional brand. <laughs> you should have done that. I do remember your name was very long. I like it when it's shorter when I find you on the system. Yes. But that's so clever. You should have done the LSP. <laughs> well, it actually was longer. I was born Arlene Chaffee Strother, fully named after my grandma. Wow. Linny was always a nickname for that. That's confusing because Arlene and Linny, they're not that close together in terms of a nickname. So when I turned 18, I legally changed it to oh. Lynn Arlene Chaffee Strother. And then when I got married, I was like, that would be completely ridiculous to do Lynn Arlene Chaffee Strother Palancar. Was Granny still around to see these changes happen? So the reason I still kept Arlene is because at the last minute, I was like, oh, God, I cannot just like get no. rid of her name. <laughs> so snuck that in as a second middle name. The kind of funny part of the story, though, is when we bought our house, our mortgage broker, because she'd seen just Lenny Strother Palancar and some things, assumed that that was what my name was when professionally it actually was different. Was different. So our mortgage says Henry Jesus Palancar and Lynn Strother Palancar, also known as, and then every single potential iteration of those four names on it. Yeah. So the joke is I'm a spy. Well, there you go. <laughs> I have no choice as a Hindu. I think the custom in our family is that my father's name is always my middle name. So okay. my children's middle name is my first name. Wonderful. That's how it kind of goes. So there that's you go. all sorted out for you. No decisions to be made. Absolutely. So Lenny, I'll come back to grandma because she's clearly a big influence in your life. But <laughs> where were you brought up? So I grew up in Michigan, was there until middle school or so, and then moved back to Connecticut, where my mom is from, and did school in D.C., moved around the tri-state area, probably about like five to ten years, and then ended up settling in Connecticut, where I am now, with my family. And family's very important to you, yeah. Your grandmother was with you when you were younger. Yeah. She had a big influence in you yeah. bringing up. We moved back to take care of her. She had Alzheimer's. Um, i Yes, but she was incredible and just very artistic. She's the person who inspired me about traveling and just stepping outside of your comfort zone. So tell me about that, because that's a big influence in that. I'll kind of come to you because you're quite musical. You traveled quite a lot. Yes. Did that come from the family? And did that link towards your interest in languages? Maybe you want to expand on how travel, music, 
Absolutely. Languages all came together. Absolutely. So my grandma was an artist. What did she do? Fine arts. Oh, wow. Yeah, she'd be commissioned to do portraits and landscapes, all sorts of things. She also traveled a bunch and just very, very special person for me. Wow. When I moved back to my hometown, I was very lucky in the fact that they had lots of different exchange programs. So in high school, I did an exchange in China. Wow. Kind of got to be introduced to this concept of anthropology and linguistics and how language can really influence the way that you think and how you perceive the world. And I was like, I love this. I could dedicate my entire life to studying this. And then, you know, that was kind of later in high school. So it became, what do you want to do with a career? What do you want to study in school? Found a very unique opportunity to study international affairs concentration in contemporary cultures and societies, minor in sociocultural anthropology with a focus on Spanish language. Like it just is very, very, very specific. And it kind of worked out that it was this primed for transcreation, really. It comes across like we've been on many client stuff together and your passion for language is on a whole different level (laughs) to anyone I know. Was that born in that whole interest. And then expand Absolutely. a bit more. So Shanghai you went to, wasn't it? And yeah. how old were you and how long did you spend in Shanghai? I was 16. I was there for a couple of months, not a long time. I'd been studying Mandarin in high school. Oh my goodness. Could you give me a sentence in Mandarin? I'm not going to do it because I've lost so much of my... Ma- I can, but I just I don't want it recorded because my accent is terrible. I jumped on that one. You know what? I'll do that when it's not recorded. <laughs> Um, But, you know, what honestly I love so much about studying Chinese language is that when you think also about character-based languages, and this goes back to also this love of art, where within character-based language, when you think of Chinese, because I studied traditional Chinese, not simplified, and you can actually kind of take a lot of different character-based languages and bring it down to a couple different radicals. So if you think of water, most words within the character for water have these three little symbols. They look like three little droplets. And then that expanded into everything you have within. Like you can kind of find that across Japanese, across simplified Chinese, across traditional Chinese. It's utterly bewildering and beautiful. And I remember at school, I was in secondary school and I sat next to a Chinese girl and she was writing in her own pad some notes. And she was doing it in, I guess, Mandarin. Mm -hmm. And I was astounded at the sheer beauty of how you do it. It's not like ours at all. And as you say, it's very visual. But because of Mm -hmm. that, the creativity in the art, because it's like art, isn't it? It's drawing, and they do it so quickly, and it looks just, (laughs) I find it astonishing, astonishing. Absolutely. And I think, too, for me, I mean, it's very difficult to kind of learn and the amount of hours that go into everything for studying Chinese. And for me, I also started dating someone who's Cuban around the same time and realized, you know what, I think I want to kind of transition back into really, really understanding Spanish language and finishing that. I actually started studying Spanish when I was in kindergarten, then switched to Mandarin, and then went back to Spanish. What's interesting about Spanish, though, is I had studied a Mexican-Spanish dialect, then switched to Castilian, so Spain-Spanish, and then married someone who's Cuban. (laughs) And then I met my in-laws, and they're like, oh my goodness, you've spoken Spanish now for the better part of, like, you know, 16 years, and they're speaking to me. And I was like, I got nothing (laughs) what they just said, because it was just such a different... I would have bluffed that they couldn't talk behind you, (laughs) because they couldn't talk about you. you Exactly. 
Although I have to say, you know, we kind of joke that it's a really fun superpower to have on the language yeah. team where yeah. a lot of people assume that, you know, you're just English speaking. Correct. But you can hear what so they're saying, yeah. always have a really fun story where someone is in Italy or whatever, and they're like, oh, I can hear them talking <laughs> all sorts of stuff about, you know, the Americans visiting and they actually speak perfect, perfect Italian. So back to your Shanghai trip, what was it like being 16 and being in Shanghai yeah, for a couple of months? Yeah, so I was studying at the Shanghai Number no. 3 Girls School. I had been wanting to focus my study on family dynamics and gender dynamics and was just very interesting to experience that and see what is a family unit when you just have the one daughter. And yeah, I mean, it has left a, a lasting impression on me for my whole life and really led to what I then ultimately studied in college and very much influenced everything I've done. Yeah. You know, Tag's the one who introduced transcreation to me. I didn't know that that existed oh, as yeah. a concept. It was just We're like, oh, I've secretly been studying this, this <laughs> for years. <laughs> it's just worked out perfectly. So moving back to grandma, mom, and yeah. music. So music mm-hmm. plays quite an important part in your life. Mm-hmm. Talk to me more about your skill sets around music. Yeah, so I kind of joke that if I wasn't in the job I'm in now, I would either be an eccentric Spanish teacher or an elementary school music teacher. (laughs) (laughs) Always an education component, which you've been on pitches with me to see that I kind of take that approach for everything. I can see that, yeah. But I do. I started playing piano when I was six. I've sung pretty much my whole life. I at one point, won a small scholarship that was meant to be used towards voice. And I was like, no, no, I want to pick up another instrument. So I ended up buying a guitar with that. And I wouldn't say I'm shy about it, but I just, living in apartments for a long time, I'd always feel weird about practicing and kind of inconveniencing my neighbors. So when we moved out to the suburbs, I think part of this was I had just said, I really want to have my piano back. But part of it was also... I think my parents wanting to unload things on our house now that they had an opportunity. Sure, but it's a special piano, isn't it? It is. It was the piano my mom learned how to play on, the piano I learned how to play on. I already have little Henry kind of banging his hands (laughs) on the keys right now, and he seems to really love it. That's amazing. And then, so do you hit the karaoke bar with your colleagues and you at the front of the queue then? (laughs) I don't think I included that in my responses. We have a tradition on the language team and you know it's something i've been trying to figure out how to bring back now that we've grown so much and have people all All outside of new york city but at the end of one person's first week every single time we had a new hire we would go to koreatown and i would have everyone singing and drinking and yeah i love karaoke (laughs) i think there's something here i think you need to drive a virtual karaoke session a virtual karaoke (laughs) i'm not entirely sure that's going to work but i leave that to you So the problem with karaoke, too, in the same way when you get out of practice with physically playing instruments, it's the same thing with your voice. If you haven't sung in a long time, you lose a lot of technique. And something where, especially with karaoke, because that's always hand-in-hand with drinks, it's like the second I've had anything to drink, it's like, oh, I want to sing. I think I'm like Whitney Houston level singing. Like, those are the songs I go to. (laughs) Straight up there, yeah. Exactly. We're just going to start at Whitney. And I understand, again, it wasn't on any information like that, but I've heard about your cooking from colleagues that you've had around for dinner. Apparently you're quite a good cook. I am not a good cook. My husband's oh, a good cook. <laughs> so then you took his credit then? Absolutely. I will take full credit for what he can do. Now, as I mentioned, my husband's Cuban also That's just very... Cuban food is amazing. Incredible. Incredible. Yeah. So I like to say he makes the physical meat and potatoes of the dish if it's the things that are actually going to fill you up. But 
where I really love is making the salads and the desserts and having lots of, you know, I'm with your husband. fun cocktails. I want and the things. meat. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and then you talked a bit about you moved out to the suburbs a bit earlier. So you came to a town not too far away from me, yeah. Darien, which is a beautiful town. Mm-hmm. Um, you're near your parents. So tell me about, you took on a project, if I remember correctly, our conversations. How are you doing with your... With the house. With the project. Are you now a DIY person as well I as am, a musician, singer, I am fully a DIY person. I'd say I'm much more the vision, whereas my husband's more the execution. It worked out that I married an engineer, so thank God for that. <laughs> he can actually make these things a reality. But yes, we bought a house. We kind of always knew that we wanted a fixer-upper. I think also there's a little bit of some conditioning of HGTV and us thinking we can actually be Chip and Joanna Gaines. But yes, we were probably about 75% there in terms of everything we want to do at the house. But by the time we're done, we will have literally redone every single thing. So it's been a lot of fun. We did bathrooms, kitchens, everything. I'm painting walls, tiling floors, doing all the stuff. I'm envious. And my family here, they still know that this made them laugh for days where my wife had found an amazing door knocker for our door in the UK many years ago. My only <laughs> job was to drill two straight holes in the door. My <laughs> only job. And it didn't go well. <laughs> and we had to call a builder in who couldn't stop laughing at the fact that I couldn't drill two horizontally accurate holes. <laughs> and I had to fix that. So to be fair, I think you need to have a really good sense of humility when you take on house projects. And My husband, who has literally worked in construction, his job now is not in construction, but it's loosely in that area. At one point, we were installing shiplap in our bathroom, and I realized he had gotten through the entire thing and had been using a nail gun with no nails in it the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) I think you got to redo that one. (laughs) Going to be furious with me. I have a ratio in my daughter's apartment. We have a clock on the wall Mm -hmm. that twice a year I have to take it off to change the time because obviously the times change, you know, the hour Mm -hmm. of summertime. That's when we all start laughing because to put one clock up on the wall, there's seven holes that is hidden by when the clock is there. Mm -hmm. My ratio is one to seven. (laughs) To get one great straight hole, it takes me seven goes. Trial and error. I just need to pay a person (laughs) to do it. So apart from all this amazing skills, you also like boating. How good are you at boating? Who calls it boating these days? Well, there's boating and sailing. So I grew up really on the water. My family had a sailboat. I was on that. I think probably starting when I was three months old. I have loved sailing my whole life. I taught sailing for probably seven years or so and sailed competitively when I was younger, also sailed competitively at school. I was on our varsity sailing team. It's something I have always, always, always loved. And I think the thing about sailing when you compare it to boating is, is you're completely at the mercy of the conditions. And it can either be this incredibly lovely, peaceful activity, or it can just be this total adrenaline rush where you're just like trying to control it's amazing, yeah. everything you have around you. And it's something where I am my most at peace, I think, when I'm kind of out on the water. Yeah, capsized. Endlessly, intentionally, as part of the fun. <laughs> so I'm glad you said that because I did a six-week sailing course when mm-hmm. I was about 16. And the instructor and my friends all refused to go with me. It was only a small two-man mm-hmm. sailing boat. And, and I used to be on the rudder with the rope and, you know, you have it underneath and yeah. you slip it so that it goes. Yeah. I don't know all the appropriate terminology, but you turn into the wind as a break, but yes. then you keep on the edge and yeah. you let the sail out to slow it down or to mm-hmm. tip it. And there's a, one of my friends is on the other hanging out. And I just love the idea of capsizing. 
So I would simply go all the way and just keep capsizing and the instructors would get tired of having to come out (laughs) and flip the boat back. None of my friends wanted to join me, so they all thought I was appalling at it. I thought it was quite (laughs) good To be fair, it's not the best tactic if you're trying to win a race, (laughs) but it's certainly fun. It's great fun. It really is great fun. So I'm glad I did it right, as you said. Good. So tell me a bit more about, you seem to be fearless. Like, What have you done that has scared you? Yeah. Uh. I feel like you can say the things you've done that have been probably on paper scary. And then Mm. there's the things that maybe are more normal or just like a part of the human experience. And I would probably err more on the latter in the sense that the scariest thing I think I've experienced is probably becoming a mom. Right. And. The responsibility or. Yeah. You know, he's the loveliest, most gentleman of a tiny little baby who's just snuggly and wonderful. But I think it's just, it's. It's a whole different way of thinking about yourself and thinking about your life and just, you know, it's not about you anymore. It's about him. It is. And my father gave me the best advice once when he said that, uh, it's very natural. And I say this to you because your, your baby's only what under a year still, isn't it? It's five months. Five months. Yesterday. It's crazy. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Congrats again. Thank you. And when you have a young child, you're always waiting for the next step. Like I can't wait till he or she crawls. I can't wait for mm-hmm. he or she to walk or I can't wait for he or she to run down. And you always could have wishing for the next bit. Mm-hmm. And he said to me, live in the moment because they never come back. Absolutely. It just keeps changing. And I thought that was astute observation. So when they were younger, the girls were so much fun growing up and it doesn't come back. I mean, they're still good fun, but it doesn't come back. Absolutely. So enjoy every moment. Thank you. Thank you. Trying to. I feel like I try to live the same way, not Two in my head and in the future, too nostalgic about that. Well, he's going to obviously be a sailor, DIY, play the (laughs) piano, sing aggressively and speak 14 languages. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's so funny that the sailing program that I run in my hometown is still in existence. I was like, oh my goodness, he can get to go do sailing. That's going to be so great. And my husband's like, no, 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 no. That's going to distract him from his career in baseball. By the age of four, I'm going to know his muscle composition, whether or not he should be a pitcher or a catcher. Yeah. I'm like, no. He's an engineer. He's worked like this that. Exactly. An engineer in baseball. I was like, no, that's not what we're doing here. Ask anything. Sally, <laughs> Wonderful speaking to you. So nice speaking to you. This is now your opportunity to ask me anything. 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 Okay. So what would you say has been the greatest decision you've ever made, both professionally and personally? If you could pick one. Well, the personal one's easy. Mm -hmm. The best decision I've ever made is to marry my wife. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a bit corny, I know. And if she hears this, the good thing is that she'll never hear this because she can't be bothered, but... That was genuinely the best decision I ever made because this year will be 30 years that we've been married. Exactly. I've told her that people get out of prison for committing murder earlier than that. Earlier than that. (laughs) But no, 30 years is that was probably my personal best decision. My best professional decision is. You've stumped me, actually, after all the questions that everyone has given me, and I'm normally <laughs> I quite I kind of snuck in two, I'm realizing, yeah, yeah. with the second part in there. I don't think there's one particular best decision I've ever made. And I think if I'm brutally honest, I think I've been very lucky. I think I've been very lucky with the decisions that I've made, the people that I've been surrounded by, the folks that tend to support me. I haven't been part of many businesses. I've been, as you know, with the company for 22 years. So I think I class myself as incredibly fortunate and lucky. 
Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's a decision, but I think it's kind of interlinked. Yeah. Well, sometimes the decision is sticking with something. Exactly. Exactly. So, Lily, thank you so much thank for you. coming to spend some time with us. You're an amazing talent to our business, as, as I've you. said before. You bring a lot of passion, influences, the global experiences that you're bringing with Transcreation, your normal energy, your no-nonsense focus on the business <laughs> is wonderful to see. And the teaching methodology that you talked about comes across clear. Thank they you. Do. So, Lily, thank you so much. Cheers. Cheers to you. Join us soon for another episode of Tag Talks Happy Hour with Ajit Kara and learn more about the people behind the job titles at Tag. Mm-hmm.